Okay, so I have the recap, and then I have a short letter to my dad. So the group shopped at Desert Epiphany. Everything was super expensive. Um, we have a new ally in uh, Epiphany Milan. Um, really quick, characters remind me of the things you got. I got Epiphany's Confounding Quarterstaff, which I will not be able to use, even though it has cool stuff. But you still have it. I'm just going to hit somebody with it for fun. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, you got a feather? Um, I bought a feather for my friend, and I also bought a, whole, uh, a, a quiver of magical arrows. Yeah, full quiver. Ember, you got more than I thought. Magic box, CMU. Yeah, I got a magical box, right? Yeah, that uh, can only be opened by a word that you decided not to divulge to anyone except for yourself. That's about three or four human heads inside of it, something like that. Yes, right. I I remember that. The professor did recommend that you send that word far and wide yeah, to someone else that I could did. be uh, retrieved at a point. You got? I got a potion of invisibility and of mind reading. Cool. So we got a couple, some, a couple mind reading. We got some cool stuff. So we're back into the last session, though. That's right. Had. But I did not have that item in my inventory. I haven't created a okay, cool. specific right. item. Okay. So if you want to okay. put a place over there, okay. you can. So we're back at the Sea and Sky. Uh, we were all exhausted. I was feeling like cat shit. Uh, Juniper wanted to have gotten a hair um, from Fargaster's home, but she didn't have time to get it, so she couldn't scry on her, um, be- and they burned the place to the ground, just as a reminder, in case you forgot. Um, Ember realized in the letter to Mo there was critical information missed, um, something about, you recalled where Diage's tower, which one it might be in, something like anything else you want to add to that? No. Okay. Um, we woke to a rainy morning, uh, Ember solved the puzzle with word journey, the youngest of all of us, and the cleverest. Senator visits, we confirmed political political alliances. Um, we admitted to burning uh, Fargazer's home down by accident. Uh, the senator was upset um, to learn that agents of the Argentinian Empire have come into his lands and and uh, and stolen things, and that seemed to be news to him as we experienced that. So, uh, Ember nicknamed him Real Jack Wagon Fitz. That did happen. That did happen. Ellery and the senator read each other's minds. That was cool. Um, Let's see. Skip this, skip this. Uh, the Empire apparently has been slowly expanding for centuries. Now they want to take over the whole of the Dawnlands. This seemed very concerning to the Senator. Uh, we learned more about the political landscape. Um, the highlight there being that the factions within some factions within the Senate will go to any lengths to make sure that uh, they do not enter a conflict with the Empire. Uh, Senator um, Nazal, the sneaky guy, mm-hmm. uh, and his crew uh, will do anything to make sure... Um, that they are not perceived as enemies to the Empire. So we gather that because of the witnesses that have been disappearing, we might be in danger from Sneaky Senator and his crew. Does that sound in line? Sure. Okay. That's what may have been implied. That's what I picked up. <laughs> um, we read the rest of the journal and found critical pieces to fill in the general landscape of the history we've been learning about that's been hidden for so, so long. Um, uh, Brian or... Um, did you did you want to fill in any highlights about um, uh, the fall of the four at all? I did not go back and um, you just read it. Or I, actually, yeah, I did just read it today. Um, any um, highlights you want to hit on that of the fall of the four? Right, so, arcane um, premise and all that. Um, of the four, they all had different like motivations. So there was one, and I'm not going to get the names right, but there was. Um, Mozakai Lightfall wanted to rebuild another. You're thinking of the, you're thinking of the of Conclave. This. Oh. Okay. The four of the Sullied. 
So there's uh, Kimoth the Covetous, mm -hmm. who was the first to um, to use the threads for her own benefit, um, transforming herself into, into Kirwin Ashbane. Um, Kirwin, right? Was it that was Kirwin Ashbane. It was. Yes. Wow, um, thank you. She was no more after uh, after whatever she meddled with and did. Um, cool. The others soon followed, uh, <clears throat> and all of them, because Eltor was the society that um, was so set up that poverty was anathema. There was no there was no worry for the least of these. Ambition became the the great motivator, uh, and because of their ambition, their desire to rise to the top, each tried to ascend further than the others, creating conflicts within the four, which eventually led to the ruin of the Donlands and the, what, be, what became known as the, the War of Ends, uh, where political allegiances um, shifted as quickly as the seasons, and um, at times the four were united, uh, but not for long because of infighting. I thought that was worth pausing to recap. Um, Kurt noted that filled in some things for him in the, in the podcast. Um, we also read uh, What's Not About Furbolgs and Life in the Empire. Um, does anyone want to hit any of the big takeaways from what we remember of, of those parts of the journal? Um, the the Furbolg entry was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And we learned. We all want to be Furbolgs. We all yeah. want to be, and yeah, we all want to be. And and then, we all disagree. Yes. <laughs> Furbolg line. Yes, they do not often enter society and leave where they are from. Um, but then one of the members of the conclave was a Furbolg, the man who wrote the journal. Olisandaro. Um Which. Just because we're going to spend time away and this Easter egg may not be gathered, you are aware of two Furbolgs in the greater world, both with the last name Jernan. Mm -hmm. So it could be deduced mm -hmm. that uh, surnames are not a, a practice, and when a Furbolg entered society, they, they took on the, the, the surname Jernan. Would that mean something? They're like <clears throat> all named Jernan. Well, the, the Jernan, do you know? Do you remember what the Jernan is? Mm -hmm. No, the Jernan is the tree that they become. Um, it's the there are groves of Jernans in the steading um, that begin as heart seeds mm -hmm. and become furbolgs and then become Jernans yeah. in this great uh, multi-century journey to life becoming life becoming life. I'm gonna write a song called "Let Our Hope Be the Heart Seed." Or whatever it was like. The journey to the journey. Oh my god. Group tattoo, anybody? Group tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, and then uh, Life in the Empire. Any big takeaways from, from that? Sorry, which section did you say? Life, Life in the Empire. Empire. It's the last of the seven, I believe. So, this was actually like, you read them asynchronously, so it might be helpful in the future at some point um, I'll send out the entire document so you can <gasps> read, and, uh, read we've got all the entries here um, but life in the empire was before the war of ends before um, the council at Nar, before uh, people started collecting 
um, what became to be known as the threads of creation. Um, and subsequently, you've figured out uh, the, the, the fragments. Um, but life in the empire was good. They expanded, but they did so in a way that honored cultures that they moved into. Rather than coming as conquerors, they came as um, sharers of, uh, of knowledge and collaborators. Um, societies like the Furbolgs and the Stedding were not um, forced to assimilate. They were allowed to practice their own, have their own cultural practices, believe what they wanted to believe, be as involved with uh, with what became known as um, the empire, though a misnomer because there was no emperor, right? Um, these councils, these small councils grew organically out of what, what was uh, a class of people, um, but the, the highest of the, the people in, in the society of Eltor were those that were the, the scientists, the thinkers, the, the inventors, the creators, the people that were um, bringing new ideas to the world that were improving and, and, and raising all ships. They were the tie that raised all ships. So the, um, the ruling class came not from the wealthy, but from, because wealth was everywhere and distributed but from the thinkers and the inventors and the, those that had ideas that benefited their fellow man. Life in the empire of Eltor was good, and, um, and decisions that the councils made were considered wise, and, um, and that got them only so far until ambition became the thing that pulled the towers down. Thank you for that. I know we kept getting a little long. Wanted to leave space for the the lore. Okay. This is great. Okay. This is great. Important lore. Big stuff dropped in the last. Especially when you need to go back and re-listen to this. And oh yeah, whatever <laughs> the gap time is. That's right. Um, it's helpful. So uh, before we left, the DM tried to leave my character homesick, but Tupelo dragged me along. For my... <laughs> did try to do that. Yes, yes I did. Um, for my usefulness in lock picking, it kind of reminded me of the time I was asked to be in a band just because I they needed a bass player and I was being used. And I was fine with it. <laughs> I knew I, was fine with it. I knew. I know my spot. The, That's the okay. weight of carrying him, but I was like, no, I, I'll let him go. I just need him here for this one thing. <laughs> anyway, we and I was and I was fine with that also okay. in the same way. Um, use me uh, as needed. All right, so we made our way to the recently discovered address uh, that uh, Ember found inside of the. Puzzle box. Puzzle box. Um, I picked the lock at the house. Um, <laughs> lights blinded us, and then there was a big chase that gave way. A couple highlights from the chase. Uh, Tupelo did perfect leaps over enemies during the chase. It was incredible. Um, Ellery became a horse. Pretty cool. Uh, Juniper called Fargazer a hoe bag. Did that happen? <laughs> Which made me laugh out loud in my car. Um, Ellery created a chasm, scared the shit out of everyone. I was trying to be nice. I didn't tell her we were friends, and she kept running. And yep. No, she deserved it. for her life. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt made it clear he was rolling like a god. He was. Um, and yeah. then. That's uh, why I got a new dice. <laughs> That's right. Cool those things off. I go back to digital dice. I was crushing with digital dice, too. You were. <laughs> um, uh, eventually got her uh, calmed down and made her way back back uh, to the sea and sky. Turns out um, the group sent a message to have uh, brought to my room uh, milk, a fancy robe, and Ember asked for discretion. 
I know you guys didn't mean for this to happen, but they sent me a prostitute. It's it's an understandable leap. That happened off the off the. It's an understandable leap, and they're like, "Oh yes, you want these things sent? We say no more. We know we're not from around. The number three special. Say no more. We got you. It's an expensive establishment. Cocaine. Exactly. We're not from around here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This doesn't matter. It was a tiefling dressed like a cat. Anyway, <laughs> once she saw the state Super of me, high. she yeah. took one look at the state of me and left. Brought, brought okay. the best. Did she give you a diaper? Just for the record. Nope. <laughs> um, okay, enough, enough of that joke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, oh, they're going to interpret this differently. Um, we, <laughs> we, we collaborated with Fargazer, um, talked about bodies that she had found with the Empire Insignia, same with us. Um, she mentioned that this was a breakthrough, history was being rewritten. Um, and the Empire knows about all this as well. So a lot coming to light between the two of us. At long last, we've been trying to find her for so, so long. Um, like, since we left Sharkhold. Um, let's see. Uh, themes were, she mentioned she's starting to question her own history, understanding of history itself. Um, by asking too many questions as a student, you might not be welcomed. And Ember slams his teachers, saying most of them bit the bird. Which was one of my favorite phrases from the podcast. Did you make up that phrase? Did I say bit the bird? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's they funny. suck, but the way that... Yeah. yeah. I, Shepard says that. Such a... I, I did not realize oh. that I... That's funny. <laughs> Amazing. Tell You're incorporating your children yeah. into your yeah. character. Yeah. Tell, Shep- Tell Shepard that he has uh, made an impact. <laughs> Burger. Burger. Yeah, oh, I was bit thinking iceberg. Right. Yeah, I thought it was no, bit the bird. Meaning is what you make it. And it turns out that Fargazer and Sebastian Silas were banging each other. Now this is where I is no one said no one said it explicitly. Yeah. I, no one said it, but it's in my notes. Um, <laughs> and this is where I would insert a magic sex joke, but I don't have to because Kurt's here. <laughs> oh jeez, no, I wasn't ready. Uh, I'm not prepared. I'm in tuple of mind. I can't. Okay. Come back to me, I'll okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 What would Jeremy say? Oh, dirty bird, dirty bird. Come I those feelings down. Damn, I was not ready. Oh. Um, hey, we got him. We got him uh, quiet for the first time. Hey, all right. Oh, hey. All right, I'll move on. I'll move on while we have the window. Okay. Uh, Fargazer asked um, asks if Fitz is the head of the operation. Um, and we said we weren't sure, um, although I do recall our, our, in the letter that we found that General Fitz, um, it was written to him, we found on the island uh, at Merrick's Landing. He was like a puppet in the show, from what I remember, like his family was going to be in trouble if he didn't do what the Empire asked him to do. He seems to be like a cog in their wheel. We know there's others above him, but we don't know who. But he might have... That's... So there was... You're on the right track, but you've got the roles reversed. There was a order of conscription that was written to pull a dwarf into this um, into this enterprise of going out and finding uh, artifacts noteworthy to the emperor, right? And that person died, and what was found was the conscription notice that was signed by General Fitz. Mm. In other words, he was the one that gave that the orders. Gave the orders, Got not it. that. Was okay, the orders. thank you for the correction. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we don't know uh, who's uh, the head of all this. We just know that he's he's the one we're chasing currently. Um, and Fitz stole the notes that Fargazer had, and we gather that he's heading to the dig site at the Ash Ashes Spires. Uh, Ash Spires. Yeah. And we're about to head there in a tizzy, and that's the recap. All right. Okay. Cool. You've got a letter for us as well. Yes, I do. Letter. 
so Naveen is finally feeling better. He he uh, uh, threw up the rest of what was making him feel bad. Took off the diaper. The street meat. Street meat. Street meat. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so he's in his room writing a letter to his dad. Dear Dad, uh, I do think I will send you this letter this time, and I, and yet I still need. I feel the need to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you must be wondering where I have been these last few weeks since I left home, but we both know it is. Not been uh, home for me or you for so long, ever since losing mum. For a long time, you know I've blamed you for what happened. My fortnight on the open sea has afforded me time. Lots of time for reflection and given me a new perspective. It's been ten years now I've blamed you. I thought it was your fault that mom went to jail because you testified against her in court, affirming she had the blood of a lycan and she herself, like me, was a shifter committing the Sean home crime of embracing magic, for indeed, she had the ability to pull on the threads of the cosmos to make themselves appear, herself appear more like an animal. And here, then, I shift to, in my room, although mm-hmm. no one can see me. Mm-hmm. Although you must have known this before marrying her, surely you had convinced her to repress this, being from Sean Homeworld, where every bit of magic is outlawed in that grey, dim, close-minded city. And still, I also blamed you she was sentenced to prison. And after finishing her sentence for many years during her transport, was stabbed to death in the streets, killed in our own city, by our own, for those who feared she was different and was a threat. For so long I've blamed you for all of this, and in my reflection I sought to look closer at the day she shifted openly in public. I now see the fault was mine. My time in the open sea has allowed me to dig deeper, to look closer, and I remember the first time I shifted as a boy, when I was five, she told me not to run outside, but I didn't listen. Of course, she chased me down. She couldn't help shifting herself out of joy for seeing me. She was seen by a neighbor, which was the beginning of the end. Well, I do see indeed. The fault might have been mine after all. What a funny thing to have hated the devil for ten years, and then to look down into the open sea and see his face reflected, staring back at me. Part of me hates myself, but in my journey with my new friends, I've heard many stories of their failures along with their successes, and I am not the only one who carries pain. Death does not discriminate, for all those in my party carry the burden of living while some of those they love have been lost. And in learning bits and pieces of all of their stories, I do not see them curled up in a ball, allowing allowing any of their shortcomings to hold them back from acting like the spectacular group they are. For I do believe two things can be true at the same time. Even though they have lost loved ones and made mistakes, they are nothing short of heroes. My friend Tupelo says, I hope to be judged by the last thing I do, not by the first. How grand a thought. That is what I want. I also want to be brave in the face of danger, as I'm inspired by my new friend Jennifer Lightfall. I think we're friends. Not sure if she shares the same sentiment. Uh, as she rushes to meet anything ahead of her, head on, and while, even though she once said that your feelings are not to be embraced but shoved deep down like adults, I have seen her give way to tears from time to time. I do want to be remembered and have stories told about me, not just as a brave fighter like Juniper, Juniper, but for the grace and elegance and the way I move and dance, for I do always think that style points must count for something. <laughs> I've learned a great deal about the importance of stories from my friend Yoden Songhart, who I have never met, but feel as though I know him. He feels so close to me. <laughs> Actually, he's still in the bag, so... <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically, literally. Literally, he is... Right I is still close by. Anyway, <laughs> having spent some time outside of our gray city, I now have witnessed the most incredible example of what it means to fully embrace who you are and express magic and pull on the threads of the cosmos. I've seen this in my new friend Ember. And by the way, 
<laughs> His imaginary girlfriend is beautiful. <laughs> Dad, I don't know when I'll see you again, but I do feel my journey is getting more dangerous, and in case I die before we meet, again, I want you to know I no longer blame you for what happened. In fact, as I have pondered death, I recall what my new friend, my little friend Ellery, once said. Everything must have an end, or else there is no true beginning. Death is not the enemy of life, but the partner of it. Death is beauty. Death is change. I don't fear death because I hope in life. What an incredible perspective to have. So profound. Also, I want to tell you I have this new deck, and it's called White Claw, and it's fabulous. Anyway, fuck off, Dad. I love you. Signed, your son to be. So much lore. I mean, <clears throat> backstory. So, with that, soaking wet from the torrent of rain outside. Your boots leaving muddy footprints on the marble floors. You gather in the finely appointed villa. Grey Gwen has just shared with you all that she knows. And the gravity of the matter now rests in the air. General Fitz must be on the move towards the region of the Asher Spires that Curator Fargazer outlined in her symposium notes, which he stole. Preparations will have to be made. And you'll have to hope that you can find the location of the temple before he does. The stakes are uncertain, but you are certain they are high. The pitter-patter of rain on the windows and the rumble of thunder set the tone for the late morning. What are you doing? Did Fargazer spend the night? This is still the morning okay. that you found her. Okay. So uh, she is there amongst you. Same day. Um, as you recall, you woke early. Uh, you met with the uh, senator, Senator Olmug. Um, Ember and his cunning solved the, the riddle without critical information because he's just that smart. He's very intelligent. Bumps it right there. <laughs> And you made your way almost immediately after your meeting um, and waiting for the, the uh, delivery of the quarterstaff to uh, mm-hmm. the acres where you found uh, a very frantic Grey Gwen um, and eventually convinced her to come back here with you. So I would put this at late morning. We're getting on, mm-hmm. getting on noon. At this point, I have, would feeling better hop back into the room. Uh, what are you guys talking about? Oh, you smell like a prostitute. <laughs> That's not true, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> Tupelo wouldn't know. barely there. <laughs> um, I was going to ask Professor Vargate something. Um, uh, Professor, um, it feels since this... Uh, it's a race against time. We have to uh, catch up uh, ground and make our way to um, the temples that you have uh, intimate information about. Yes. Um, I don't see a way around us um, asking you to come on this journey with us and, uh, and guide our way. I, I, I know it is not, um, it's not uh, as safe as, as staying here, but... Uh, surely you would agree there is uh, a higher purpose? I, I'm not a fighter. I'm 
a scholar, I... But I can show you the way. I feel uh, we have the ability to... I don't say take this lightly, but uh, protect you. I, I, I don't know if you feel like you have put your life um, uh, above or below the value of these fragments, but we have protected... Uh, you have seen what we have protected... Um, Yes, I I feel as though my whole life has been turned upside down in a matter of days. I, I knew that the Empire was here. I knew, I knew they were collecting things. But the way you talk about them, the way you describe them, the weight with which you carry this news, it... I, this could be the most important thing that I do with my life. We believe that as well. All of us share the feeling that this is a matter of life or death, not just for us, but for everyone. Um, Gray, I'm going to have to ask you your interest in these fragments. It can't be purely academic. Tell us what what you believe and what your your goal is here. Belief is seldom afforded to those that spend time in the realm of knowledge. We uh, we aren't supposed to believe. We're supposed to be objective. I must admit, the stories uncovering what Olasandoro said, I believe that these fragments could build our future or destroy it altogether. We feel the same way. If, are you agreeing to um, accompany us and uh, at the very least guide us to the location and, and maybe even better uh, a bit further into what we may encounter in, uh, in, in the, the, the jungle of forest and, and the temple thereafter? You look at her. The, f- the five of you stand in a room um, scars from previous battles weapons bows a literal tome of death at your side daggers and Everything that's going on in Ellery that <laughs> screams both life and death at the same time. And you look to her, and she seems meek and small with her pencil, her grease pencil that still works in the rain, and her helmet slash hat that she would wear on an expedition. Um, 
a brush hanging from her belt. I'm afraid. I don't. But I will do what I can. That's enough. You get to be afraid. I think we are often afraid if we're being honest. How do we suppose... I'm pretty good at this. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was all, all I was going to say is, I mean, I was just like <coughs> in school, brainiac, you know, thinking that that was the way. And then I met these people and just, I mean, saving the world practically. So I'm just saying, there's no telling what's inside of you. You're probably selling yourself short. He's afraid to talk to girls. <laughs> girls are terrifying. <laughs> powerful creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? Sorry. And so, Hook me back up. I <clears throat> want to say that that pencil in your hand, that shovel slash brush whatever you may have dangling at your thigh may this is not an exaggeration to say that that may be the most powerful tool that you could wield on behalf of this entire world and we would be honored to have you along with us it's not a bow or a blade but I, I will do what I can how how did you I've spent my entire professional career searching for these uh, artifacts I, you asked me what I believed well for, for a very long time it was my belief that something something strange something beyond the ordinary existed but I couldn't prove it I still can't prove it but you can how how did you accomplish what you've accomplished when, by all measures, I've done far more to, to do what you've done? There is a part of me that has not said this out loud yet, but except in joking, like, we hold a good percentage of the most powerful things to have ever existed. And we haven't been doing this long. There's a part of me that thinks that these things want to be found by us, specifically. And have pulled us together, specifically. How else could you all have been wrecked on that island in the middle of nowhere? Why else were we pulled into that other fog thing? What else draw, drew us into the the bog forest? We were woven together by the cosmos. Yeah. And to, us. To stumble upon one. Um, something that has been hidden for so long with a great purpose. Right. Uh, to stumble onto one is um, quite lucky, but to do it again... And again. And again, it, um, 
I don't want to put too much weight on our shoulders, but uh, it feels um, like a destiny, or uh, like they are choosing us for some reason. Twice is a coincidence. Thrice, that's a pattern. And I feel, um, if you were to uh, look at any one of us, um, there is no uh, powerful warrior amongst us, or a powerful uh, magician necessarily, but... And there's something about our, our skills and our camaraderies that uh, together um, seems to be the perfect match for this power. You ask me what I believe. It seems you have beliefs of your own. Yeah, I'm a skeptic. I don't usually wade into these waters, but... <clears throat> I can't deny your results. I think we feared that bringing these stones together or collecting more and more of them was inherently potentially bad. But you mentioned that bringing them, collecting them, could be either for the good of the world or the destruction of it. Is there a... Like, when you think about the more positive outcome, and that could be connected to your work and why you were looking for them at all, what are the positives that you imagine of finding them and bringing them together? I honestly had no idea what these things were, but we have a first-hand account. Do you have the book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The journal? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that fusion is possible again? You said rebuilding. If it was possible once, surely it's possible now, but the risks, the risks are to be considered, and considerable. If only somebody had some extremely strong magical glue that could hold two things together that want to push themselves apart from one another, then... Really? So, uh, in theory, (laughs) would you say that's, in theory, a good idea, or not? Lucindoro, he spoke of um, great smiths and artificers, people who wove both the physical and the paradimensional, the, the, the magical, the arcane. I have no idea what would happen if you tried to glue one of these artifacts to the other, but without something to harness that energy, it could be devastating. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right. In theory, right. You know, there are no bad ideas in brainstorming except for ones that can create a supermassive black hole and cause the entire cosmos to stop existing. That's a bad idea. What does this black hole I have not thought to do that with the glue. <laughs> because it's not the, the stones are fine. You have such a substance that would do this. It's not just any glue. It's a it's a magic. So would you go to It's not your regular elements. That was the, <laughs> yeah, it's not the stones that can't it's be the eye. It's the eye. Oh, but the if stones I recall, do I recall correctly that the recounting in the journal described the the what did they call them? The threads? The mm-hmm. threads of creation. That it was some sort of like 
joining of them all well, they f- some succeeded in, in joining two together and it created costs. their At and it created costs. its own like tertiary power of you know yes. like combining Pokemon yes um, combining yeah, Pokemon and, and that, <laughs> you would remember that you know, um, the, the cost that I'm referring to there is uh, terrible mishaps yes that yeah. happened yeah. along the way to, fuse, to fusion yes. Yes. when fusion was proven possible now you had not only artifacts that had will that that exerted uh, some sort of change in the world, as you've experienced with the fragments that that you've collected. Now you had energy, you had power source, you had uh, eventually um, sources of unlimited energy that could power entire cities mm-hmm. indefinitely. So, yes, the outcome was great, as was the cost of getting there. Um, Greg, when you... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of, um, you know, how, do, uh, how does someone um, make a sword? Um, they don't. They must be an apprentice. It is a, a shared passed on uh, knowledge um, to have these skills. Um, are there artificers here that um, through lineage or, or some uh, history of family um, would any of them know um, um, the history of this uh, we, have, we have a history that there were artificers here that uh, were capable of uh, tinkering and uh, even without success at least trying some of these things that um, could be of consult or um, could be trustworthy for inquiry. The city of Breverda in Tarath is known for um, great craftsmen of the arcane. More so than than here. More so than in Freeport. Um, though the <laughs> the trick is. We're referring to a history that hmm. those of us in this room know, and not many others. Yeah. So, how would you trace lineage? How would one know? Uh, how could you find your way back to that knowledge when all was lost, all was forgotten? Perhaps if you had amongst you an heir, or uh, one that... But who knows if that knowledge was passed. uh, May the light fall on this one. The knowledge hasn't been passed, but... The bloodline. I'm sipping a glass of water and I'm just going to splash it on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I would share with her my, like, lineage and tell her that when she speaks of rebuilding, that I feel the need mm-hmm. for that in my bones, that that was Mosakai's greatest desire, was to rebuild. You are the heir of Mosakai Lightfall. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? But you say nothing has been passed to you. It was passed to my brother, who died, and... He, he left me... Oh, can I show her my necklace? Sure. 
Um, so I would share my necklace. And then, is there any more water in that glass after you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're all wet. Yeah, just rub it. And show her the message. She reads the script. It is ancient Altorian. Uh, oh, she can read it? Of which she is fluent in. She's affluent. That's a big deal. Being a, a scholar of this particular time period, yes. Um, do you do you remember any? Um, was your was your brother asked to participate in anything you were excluded from? Was he, was he? Did you one of your parents show favor to him? Was there ever? Things that he would do that he wouldn't tell you about or wouldn't explain to you. All the time, but I just thought it was because he was older and the boy. Well, that is a potential lead. And the best one we've got. If our intention is to reforge the threads or attempt fusion, I don't... I don't know if that's the right course or not. We don't use it, but um, I think our first purpose is to at least uh, get them, and by getting all of the fragments, we are stopping someone else from, from doing so. We, we trust our own motivation uh, more so than uh, the alternative, which seems to be the Empire. This is at our heels or has gone before us in every situation. What would you do? You said great good could would come of collecting these fragments what would you do with them if you had all of them what would I do I'm a scholar I would hand them over to the senate I would tell everyone what I'd found I would share the knowledge that was known mm. but too much faith in the senate uh, we have been there <laughs> it seems these are perilous times. I don't know who to trust. Well, um, we have been trusting ourselves uh, selfishly, and it has gone well so far. <laughs> and what is it that you intend? You who have successfully gathered fragments of creation. You who seem to stumble upon knowledge and artifacts that were intentionally uh, intentionally wiped from the slate of history perhaps the more pertinent question is not what my intentions are but what your intentions are I think it's been at the very least to keep them out of the Empire's hands To what end? You go around, you spend your life collecting these fragment, fragments, putting them all in one place, and then you die. What happens next? We have already had uh, one of our members do such, uh, to die in the, in the path of this journey. We are, we are here to do the most good. We don't know what that is yet, necessarily, but um, our intentions are to do the most good for the most people. That's right. Gonna reach into the bag of holding and pull out this book I got at Veridan Cove. It's called 
shuttles on a loom, the search for meaning in the tapestry of infinite mystery. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just the title. And so uh, going to flip to to page forty-seven, which I have dog-eared. Who's the author of this book? Uh, this is offered, authored um, by uh, Starlight, the gr- the bold. Okay. Um, tell you about this No. And uh, it's well worn. You've, you've it's read well worn. And the title of this chapter is "Do the Next Right Thing," <laughs> and that's all we're doing. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what comes next. Um, if history is any indication, it's that we're going to stumble upon another one of these fragments. Um, well, perhaps that's the uh, fortune in meeting each other. It is. A couple. Uh, you, when the voice was talking to you in your brain, and you nearly lost yourself, did you say out loud what it said to you? Um. At what point? Remind me. When yeah. Mary it said, was talking to me, right? That's you nearly lost yourself, and it mm-hmm. said to you, I was called Starfell. Did you hear that bit? Yes. So... <laughs> Um, does the name, um, I can look it up, but I think it's Lillian. Is it Lillian Starfell? Um, from the Conclave? Yeah, from one of, one of the four. Yes. Um, we, does that name have any particular significant, mean anything to you other than only that it's I've, one of the four? Only what I've read. Um, if his prose is to be dissected perhaps the order in which he wrote the mortal names corresponds with the order in which he wrote the names of the of the sullied so we have we we have the eyeball that contains yeah Yeah. and she had it before you did yeah Yeah. um we have Lillian Starfell's uh presence inside there. You are what the... she's found. The object, object that she's found. Oh, yeah. You haven't shown her this. That's what you're saying. We have not shown her yes. that? Okay. Um, we'll need the two fragments. Then, all, then I, all I would have said then is, does, does the name Lillian Starfell mean anything more to you other than... And she was... That's... that's Eric Droth that's is one of the Sully... Going f- in full academic mode, you know, she starts rifling okay. through... You know... Totally, uh, totally unaware of okay. what the great the undertones are there. You um, certainly can show it to her. I don't have any don't issue have with that. Any. I don't want to hand it over to anyone. No, of course not. I know what of it does, not. but the next time that happens to you, if trying to address the person by Lillian, mm-hmm. um, may result in some clues. Um, you've done a ton of research. I'm just wondering about what our other connections to this might be. Does the name Catherine Colborn mean anything to you? Mm. No, I'm, I'm afraid. Look at not. Is that a historical figure I should know about? No, they're not of much significance at all. Um, <laughs> wouldn't get that far. But, um, what else? Make a deception check. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Margie's a smart. 
16. Okay. Carry on. Um, we have your friend who is uh, being held in one of our, in one of my dad's. Peacekeeper Theadria. Peacekeeper Theadria, which, by the way, I was looking at that letter again, and I'm pretty sure I know which foundation she's in, so I'll send another message to my dad. Okay. To go there. What What else are we doing? What do we do? Do you feel good continuing? Your, your dad must be so worried about this. This is the most important thing on the face of this planet right now. What? Yeah. We're I mean, going to do the next right thing. And your funding was mentioned last time. Should we brainstorm about that? Like how to get to the... The, the most expedient way to get to the Astro Spires would be by a ship. Um, that's not cheap. Is there um, a way we could um, borrow the ship without permission and then just return it and say, yes, but it was forwarded because... You mean like piracy? Oh, that's, uh, I didn't borrowing. Yes, yes, no, yes. no, no, no. We would never do anything like that. Spinny doesn't I? <laughs> I've never flown a skyship. Have you? Oh, no. No. Nope. Then we would at least need to keep on a captain... <laughs> Can it be that much different from a water ship? <laughs> Have you ever captained one of those? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the sales master for ATC. Sales <laughs> manager at uh... um, On the topic of money, we have a new friend who's a friend of yours. Who's he here this morning? Describing the senator. Mm-hmm. Senator Olmug. He seemed to uh, be very interested in the things we were doing. Seemed to, to potentially be not uh, not from the stacks, if you know what I mean. Not cheap. If what you told me is correct, presenting this information to the Senate in any in any way could put our mission and our lives at uh, at risk. But if he was willing to personally fund our expedition. That could expedite things. He didn't exactly promise it, but it sounded sounded good. And we were in agreement that this is not for the Senate, but for him alone, um, as a, a confidant to our group. That's right. A, a wise person trusts no politicians. Perhaps I lack the wisdom, for I do trust him. He he's seems to trust your, you as well. He's funded your expeditions before, has he not? Well, the Senate has, and he's been my proponent. Oh. It, um, I feel this is um, a situation where the Empire would be laughing at us, and pushing coins across the table, uh, as the fate of the world uh, <laughs> is falling through our fingers. It seems so silly to quibble over money. What if we did? Try, I mean, just spitballing try and harness the fragments that we have. And we've got a boat box. What if we made our own flying ship out of the fragments? My goodness. Either with just the one or we did try and glue them together. Like, oh dear, we're back to that. <laughs> you know. I think we're past the glue. Are we all in agreement that the glue is... The glue's a bad idea? In theory, a bad idea. Did you still want to pursue... I think it's... I think it's uh, an, a 
theoretical option, right. it would right. probably result in one of us or all of us dying. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And but I cannot. But. On the, on the topic of trying to figure out how to get ourselves there, you just said that the Senate has been funding your expeditions. Yes, that's correct. What does your grant writing sound like? What's the pitch? What are they? What do they think they're funding? Um, the discovery of, uh, of artifacts pertaining to the history of Tereth. Um, the the mm-hmm. collective um, knowing knowing now what you know now is it within the realm of possibility that what you thought you were writing they read something totally different which is to say you thought hey let's go out there and see if we can find some fragments relating to history and some of the people within the senate said Ooh, that's exactly what we want her to do. And as soon as she finds what we need, whoosh, you know. You're suggesting that. Yeah, somebody some, else put this in better language than me. Some would. Uh, some would vote to fund my research for Senator their own Senator Nizal, Nizal would fund your would vote to fund your research because he has ties with the Empire and he. Yes. Yes. That's what I was. Yes. yes. Senator Gonzalez has been on the small committee of every of every symposium I've, I've given. He of course, he has. He's a hobo. Has been an ardent supporter of the uh, requisition of uh, okay. history. Okay, well, that's how they got there okay. before we believe before Niz- we did. Nizal might be one of the reasons you've been in danger. You should scry on him Ooh, right now. I'd love to. <laughs> Greg Wind. Um, if I can speak from one professor to another. Um, <laughs> That's right. I am um, that is right. formulating and um, quite the plan in my mind. Um, we need to make haste in whatever we do. Um, would it be possible to um, create a, um, a grant um, written and uh, asking for uh, explicit money for the purposes of finding something... Um, Somewhere far away to throw them off the tracks, so that if um, the, the people we don't read this and send it, uh, begin it, they would um, send uh, the empire or the emissaries in a uh, far-off place. Maybe I kind of start preparing to cast haste. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Talking about mandos. 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 Yes, that could be done. The, the time it would take is considerable, but if we feel like that's our best course of action to get the funding we need, um, perhaps we could expedite it and get get it pushed through within a, a few weeks. It's, as long as it is um, submitted and uh, as it prints out on paper and people are looking at it, it is that is all we want. The disinformation yeah. to uh, so people offer. Uh, yeah, these okay. are two separate initiatives. Oh, disinformation. No, what you're saying, yeah. right? Planting disinformation and fundraising for the actual journey right. are two okay. different. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, for the fundraising, we have no time to wait. Is uh, we get the individual funding from or a monk or. I think that's our best lead, unless you know any other wealthy individuals who'd be willing to blow money on an expedition that could be 
fruitless. Um, do we know any rich people? Yeah, I feel like we know a lot of rich people. Mm, okay, I... Again, is it, if it's his, uh, we are in a game of ketchup, we are following on his heels. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I don't feel bad in the, the grand scheme of uh, the hope of nations uh, to beg for forgiveness versus permission in this one instance. Do we want to summon the senator back here to talk with us about getting this funded? What, and we're going to create a misinformation campaign to point them to some other location. And we we would need Ultimug's uh, um, enthusiasm behind it uh, to give it credence. For the disinformation campaign or yes. the real campaign? We could have a letter sent to Greg Wynn's office that, I mean, they are keeping such close tabs on her at this point that like that we don't have to go through the senate necessarily to spread misinformation if we want to just like get straight to the source we could have a letter sent to her house multi-pronged whisper campaign Mm -hmm. and we could do that in this xoxo gossip girl (laughs) you seem to buy us a couple days or just throw the weight of the empires in a different direction maybe i'm gonna pull out the eyeball and i'm gonna say to gray when don't freak out don't look at it Okay. She kind of takes a step back away from you. Don't look the eye in the oh, eye. Hands her <laughs> oh, yeah. Is this still in your bra? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of you looking in at it. One here. lumpy boob. Exactly. Did you just pull it out? There's some good wordplay in uh, Aaron's uh, recap about Brazier or something about writing oh, Brazier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do I have never met Nizal in person? Uh, you have seen him. Yeah. So would you say uh, I am familiar with him? <laughs> uh, no, I would say that you've seen him. Okay, first hand I'm at the target. Okay. Um, while I think, I think yes, we do summon Senator Olmeg back here. And wow. Real quick, just like, because uh, I can't remember. I remember, I know you tried to scry on... Mm-hmm. Was that this morning or was that that was the I night it was before. yesterday? That was the yeah. night before because it was before all men came. You had that one spell, and you department. did try. You did try to cast eye bite on her during the so. so I unfortunately, can't my session was first this morning. In the session, that was what. That was this morning. That was this morning. Are you sure I tried to cast eye bite on her? Yeah, because I remember her, she I had a plus zero and she asleep. rolled a nineteen or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, never Sorry. mind. It's okay. Cool idea. Man. Puts it back in my bra. Can you believe that we, we have this? Uh, she is terrified and... You probably um, don't know what it is, though. I mean, what, yeah, what are you we're telling her? You look at it. She doesn't know. She doesn't look away. She knows what it is. eyeball of our enemy. <laughs> no, actually, that is the eyeball of Marital. Merida Threadsbane. Yes. The story is yeah. true. She's bound to this. Don't look at of it. Of everything that Polis and Doro wrote, I thought surely that was embellished. Like the like the optic nerve is just hanging out of this side of my hand. Uh, it's also just well, I'm, like moving around as in your hand as <laughs> you hold it. I'm scared shitless of that thing. Uh, 
She takes a, takes another step backward. You want to see something else cool? <laughs> I'm not sure that I do. Show him. Okay. I'm so curious. I'm going to grab out one of the fragments. Oh, uh, oh. And I'm going to show her how it goes like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's... Yeah. it's um, it's so strong, in fact, that go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Did you touch it? Did you grab it, Juniper? What? The fragment? Oh, um, mm-hmm. I guess I did. Uh-oh. Shoot. Sorry, guys. Should you okay. have made your hand? She's fine. I don't think so. Um, it's a 14. A 14? Uh, the uh, fragment goes scattering across the, the room as it's uh, almost it, like... Uh, polar opposite, magnetically uh, repelled away from the eye. I run over and have my bees help me oh. catch it. Oh, your bees, perfect. Mm-hmm. All yep. those training that you've done, yeah. um, they are able to lift yeah. it. Levitate it up. Little buddies all kind of hanging wow. onto it. Probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. I mean, they do some biting here and there. <laughs> they made me fly once, no big deal. <laughs> hey, you're right. So we have these three incredibly powerful artifacts. And to your point earlier, uh, and I'm newer to this group, but I don't fully know exactly what we're going to do if we find most of them or get them collected or mm, consider gluing them together or what. I do know that this <clears> came <throat> from the Empire. And we don't know exactly what's next, but that does seem to be part of the journey, which makes all this so exciting. I think I know what's next for me. What's the next for you? I hope it just stays with us. I think that it is in my blood mm-hmm. to rebuild. I I need to reforge the threads. We tried. Wait, did Whoa. did your did Mothikai want to reforge the threads, or did is he want what... to rebuild? I read those was. as one and the same. That is that is your interpretation of a story. Uh, from ancient history. It doesn't matter. You said it. Uh, you do recall, like, just to give you some clarity of, uh, of what you've seen and what you know, you do recall uh, the portrait of Mosekai, which you rolled a fucking natural 20 on or something. And he was mm-hmm. in front of a... He was standing in a ruined city with one building, just the frame of one building behind him. Would, after all of this time, that building look familiar to me or have any significance now? Um, it was, I think, I think you actually asked that at the time and it was, you could tell that the artist was trying to convey more than just what the person looked like in the, in the portrait that hung on the wall, more what, what was their legacy? What was their history? So I would say like the, the, um, the building itself was not necessarily an important uh, detail of that so much as something new was sprouting from the ruins of do as we describe this painting mm-hmm. to Greg one do you know of portraits of this type of the other 14 I've never I've never thought to look okay um, okay but if if legacy was this important to the conclave that they for millennium millennia a millennium have passed 
this information down. Surely they've retained artifacts and likenesses and other um, uh, other artistic renderings that would help them tell the story of the importance of what their ancestors did. It seems reasonable to me to think that others would exist. But your guess is as good as mine as to where they would lie. I have an experiment in mind, if you all will indulge me, and you can veto it if you'd like. Just thinking the water on the whistle. What if we took a little bit of your blood and put it either on the whistle or the fragments? You can give me your consent. Cut me. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, do it. Just, Let's try the whistle first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll take out um, my tools and whatnot and try and be as like not I've that you care. I've got a really good like, thing. Yeah. Right. I'll try and be as like painless as possible. Yeah. Actually, like, you see me do it very one. skillfully. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that I do that that way. Get a little bit of blood from you. Can you put your whistle down? It's down. And just put a little blood on it. Um, give you a, a, a damage, a, a single point of damage for the uh, pinprick. You did a great job. Um, I mean, we need some blood, so it's got to be something. As the drop of blood falls upon the whistle, um... You sit and watch as it it falls as a as a dot and sits on top and begins to percolate down into the wood itself. Um, you you hear the faintest of. <laughs> As something has affected this <coughs> whistle, I pull out. I pull out. Um, white claw, not, not white claw. No, wood. a little uh, razor claw. Another one. I hand her a dagger. I say, "Do it right this time." <laughs> so yeah, more blood. Just how like, much damage? As, <laughs> as this is happening, um, how much blood are you willing to give to this? Well, experiment? so here, are like. You, yeah. yeah, I wanna like I wanna get a good amount and then I'll I can like, get a good it. amount <laughs> <laughs> a gill one like a, gill like a pint and then and then I can cast cure wounds okay. yeah yeah um to be clear the whistle sitting on the table is that correct where, I'm, where holding, is yeah, yeah, I'm it's holding the leather in my leather hand okay. all right with it the whistle part sitting on the table okay. All right. I, I have a um, I have a bowl in my inventory. I'd be happy to put it in a bowl. My blood or the whistle? Uh, the whistle, so that it, the blood cannot just it can help gather. Okay. I don't know so it can you, sit in the. I blood. Know, yeah, I don't know if you're yeah. trying to drown this thing or what, yeah. but. I imagine covering it, like wiping the whistle down. Okay, like a gill, fully covered. Google it. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I hate the sight of blood. Uh, you take three points of slashing damage. Oh, you're fine. Great. No How did you think to do this? Yeah. I just thought water whistle freaking brilliant. Her blood isn't yeah. blood. Water, the blood. blood pools around the whistle in the bowl. Um, and you watch as again it starts to percolate into the wood. This 
this wood that you know, Juniper, is not common in the world. It is found in very particular groves in the Lunaria. Um, only reason you would know that is because your brother showed you and told you what, what uh, this was and, and where it could be found. But as it does, the whistle sounds louder and Juniper, you get the you get the desire to pick it up. As soon as your skin touches the the wood, uh, you're you're thrown back physically, um, landing on one of the the seats um, that are that are around. You watch as her eyes kick up into the top of her head, um, and she's almost uh, seizing. Um, you, you, you watch her in this seizure-like state. Juniper, you feel your consciousness depart from your body and you're carried north over a tumultuous sea through dunes in the south of Phelan, finding your way through the groves into a uh, a, a beautiful blue day in the middle of an enchanting forest where a structure stands. A structure that, though not an exact replica of the one you saw in the, in the portrait, bears resemblance. A structure indeed built by your ancestor, Mosakai Lightfall. And as you stand there in this ethereal vision, you know how to get there. You know where this place is. It's not far from the home that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. And you come back and you watch as her eyes uh, come back into, uh, she, she re-enters the room. I'd be close. I was going to rush over and take the whistle out of your hand mm -hmm. if I thought you were going to die. I mean, I would share everything that I saw that I know. I know how to get there. Before you speak, a, I put a good berry in your mouth. <laughs> you can heal your eyes. <laughs> I, I, I cut my hand and smear it all over my, my book, my magic book, spell you, book. You do so, and it stains <laughs> the... It stains the cover. Ember, you're bleeding. <laughs> Hang on, you guys. My eyes are rolling back in my head. I put a good berry. You guys do watch as, like, a, sort of an oleophobic effect. Like, the the blood starts to pool and then just like drips off because of the yeah. type of yeah. look that yes. you have. Yep. No effect. Okay. Well, <laughs> but you can take a point of damage just for fun. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've got white claw like ready to go and see what happens. I just slow it back in. <laughs> Wrap it up. Uh, so Juniper. I took a point of damage. You gave me a good berry. Juniper, what, what was that all about? The the building that is in the photo, in my vision, it was in the woods right behind my house. It's where Darius and I used to play. He disappeared for hours in these woods. Do you think he went there? I think I have to go there. How did it feel to see it? Like. Any emotion come to the surface? Felt like purpose. Purpose. Mm. 
you can add 26 points of healing. Ooh, I don't even need that much <laughs> I, and I probably wow. did it at a level I didn't need to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. How far are we? Um, is this from where we are now? It's in the Glades of Lunaria, so it's pretty far. Like it's a, not close. Uh, three fortnights or so? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's far. A couple of continents. Okay. Northwest continent. Would you, if you, um, is it pool to go there um, after we um, track down um, Fitz and then would Yeah, go. what priority level is this for you now? We have Fitz on the other side of this continent. We have the thing for you two. Oh, the cave. Um, if we can you talk. said that out loud, we got um, talk. We yeah, did, I think we, we did, did talk. About did. About okay, yeah, yeah. we have you guys. We have this now for you, and we have Peacekeeper Theatria in in Phalandor. And don't we, forget about that one captain's husband who's captive by the Empire. That's right. Sweet. Yeah, still cargo or something. Okay, yeah, still cogs still husband cog. in yeah. uh, not Daryl. What's his name? Oh. The D. Darius? Darius. No, that's, that's your brother. brother. Darren. Darren. Yeah, Darren. I think it is Darren. DM, who's the captain whose husband is captive? Yeah, I, I have this in my notes. Uh, captain Steelcog's husband is Davum. 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 Couldn't have been Darren. Davum. <laughs> okay, you were saying. In Ridgefield. Yeah. Davum's being had in Rugtod, at least last year. Oh, he's from um, is from Richfield. Is from Richfield. Yeah. Juniper, do you? What What do you feel? Do you feel a pull too? Oh, I feel nothing but a pull. I I will go wherever we think we should go. I'm a part of this team, but just know that in my mind, that's that's where I already am. Okay. What do you think your brother was about in this building in the woods behind your house? I don't know for sure, but knowing him, I think he was carrying out whatever legacy he was told was his to carry out. Jennifer, you remember Davum, I'm not Davum, you remember Darius as the bravest, most adventurous person you'd ever met still to this day um there was nothing he wouldn't do there's nowhere he would not go except that anytime you set off chasing him through the glades through the meadows there was one direction that he wouldn't go from your home and you never thought to question him Now you are starting to put the pieces together. That he wouldn't go towards where that building was. Not with you, but mm-hmm. at his heels. Mm-hmm. But he did disappear in those woods for hours. Many times. Many times. And you remember feeling resentment. Um, resentment towards your mother. Um for the time that she would spend with Darius. Um, Time that you were not privy to. Time that she never spent with you. I wonder why they didn't tell me. 
Tell you what exactly? Anything. They didn't tell me anything. They kept all this a secret and died with them. I don't understand. Yeah. So there's a long legacy of um, people in the conclave dying with these secrets. But there's a long legacy of them being certain to pass down the knowledge before it's too late. It seems... It seems very fortunate that it didn't die off when you didn't, when you weren't told. Yeah, I could have gone my entire life without ever getting this stupid whistle wet of not even realizing that it had writing on it. I'm so frustrated. Remember that night? You remember the rain? You remember the words, but more than anything, you remember the urgency. You remember the effort, which must have been great, with his dying breath to tell you something that he failed to. It's starting to make sense. He said it wasn't. It wasn't yours. It wasn't yours to carry. Mm-hmm. They were try- He was trying to protect me, but it's irrelevant now. He hasn't protected me from anything. But maybe, like the secret of your all's history, was a burden for him. Like, do you think that that's maybe what he meant? Did you trust him fully? Your brother. I did. I, I did. Do you believe he had your best interest in mind at all times? Whether or not he had my best interest in mind doesn't mean that it was the right thing to do. But my, my point is, what would be the reason he would keep that from you if he, he, thought he did I was... want to protect you? I don't know. But I'll just say this is another example of the knowledge wanting to be found by one of us it sh- you should you should have gone your entire life without knowing this and you know now y'all could have gone your entire life without knowing that there's some structure back in your homeland but it came to you in a dream we're supposed to know these things for some reason yeah my parents are not dead I just don't have a relationship with them are you asking? I've never heard about your I'm, just, your I'm trying she to remember. Been. I'm pretty sure that they're. My mom went crazy after Darius died. So. Your parents, the people you knew, died the day Darius died. Mm-hmm. And. That's why you left. Because you couldn't walk the empty halls. You couldn't bear to dwell in a place whose only meaning was loss. You know, like a 
in the same event. Mm-mm. No. No. When I say no, they died, they didn't die. They, they, they are, are still alive. The people that she knew yeah. as her parents died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Their husks lived on. Mm-hmm. 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 But you can ask husks questions. Um, I would ask Professor Fargazer, is there anything else that she knows about the Lightfall family? I only came across their name and this account. <laughs> this is um, not this is not a well-known history. It, um, it has been our experience um, is that the history has been uh, removed traces of this. I don't know if it's um, a wild uh, duck chase, but if we could, um, should we be looking for lineage of um, the people on the concave to see if uh, the knowledge has come down mm-hmm. uh, descended to descendant uh, for other information to yeah. uh, subvert uh, libraries and, and books and things like that? That's a good idea. That is a really great idea. We could certainly spend time researching this, yes. I still have some context. I don't know that it's... It's um, not safe for you to go out. Right. But I could perhaps point you in the right direction. I could um, tell you to get in touch with it. I trust. And time is of the essence. If we need to get moving, perhaps this is something we set in motion and reap the, the benefits of when we return. In your, Sorry. in your research, um, because we have come across um, pages uh, torn out of books um, in an effort to f- uh, remove this history, um, do you know of any books or information that is um, secreted away or, or hidden or preserved somewhere that is not uh, out in the public? Um, some catacomb or something that we could potentially look to find more information about this? In my line of work and with my Sway, I, I have access to everything that I know of in Freeport. There's nothing here. If there were to be any reference to any of this, perhaps only the Keepers and Phelan would know, but uh, if, if this history has been intentionally erased, I suspect there are agents still today whose purpose would be for it not to be found. I don't know you, I don't know your family, but if it was your ancestors' intention for no one to ever learn of what happened in Eltor, surely that's a part of your legacy as well. If we trace lineages and we find something or someone, I wouldn't expect that they'll be grateful that we found them. Agreed. So, there are many things that we need to do. Uh, She puts on her logistics hat. Would you like me to... Well... Already discussed, perhaps I shouldn't go out. Ormug funding. S- summon the senator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Perhaps plant seeds of doubt in 
our adversaries' minds. Maybe that makes its way up the chain back to... Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can have something to to present to Ulmuk when he gets here. Mm. Uh, Money for the ship, or at least um, some type of uh, hall pass to use it. Are we being honest with him and then just deceiving others? Like, how much are we telling him? We are, we're being honest with him. we were brazenly honest and took a leap of faith and told him pretty much everything. He already knows, yeah. And we'll tell him exactly. We want to Where go we're going. We want to go over here, head fake right, you go But we'll tell him about, like, us deceiving everybody else. Yeah, because yeah. we need him, we need his buy-in into this True, fake yeah. grant. That, to, push, yeah. what? to push for the money and the yeah. funding for the next right. one, which is... If we're going to try to push, you know, fake the Empire into thinking that you believe there could be another dig somewhere else, um, is there somewhere that you know for sure that there isn't? Like, where should we send them? I know nothing for sure, but Rivera, um, the sands and dunes around it, uh, that's certainly the opposite direction of where we're headed. Works. Did you have, like, an assistant of some sort, like... How the the deception that we're going to write to kind of put out there, like, oh, we're going to go here next. Should it come from you or in your hand or from like an assistant of some sort, so we can I, keep I, people thinking that you're gone? That's a great question. I I do. Yes, I have um, research assistants, um, most from the colleges, um, but perhaps it would be better rather than roping them in and not knowing who to trust, that mm-hmm. I tell one of you how to script this. Okay, that They works. always bear my signature. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I will... It's now good. I'll summon the... So, yeah, I think okay. so. And I think at the same time that that's happening, we can cool. plant information either in her office in the form of a letter or... a another like journal entry that they haven't found yet Love it. that points so the let's just kind of go around and share your ideas on what you're going to be doing with the next we'll call it 24 hours in terms of planting doubt there's ideas of letters there's ideas of bringing the senate in yep. um uh you're going to send a, a message to olnig um asking him to come to the villa Yes. 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 Today. Absolutely. Um, at your earliest at convenience. Immediately. Okay. okay. At your earliest convenience, as long as it's immediate. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, what other ideas are we circulating? Walk that out for me a little bit. What's Is there point? a way that I could communicate with my mom? Hmm. Because I know, like, scrying isn't going to get me what I want here. Fair. Uh, you know a person that can send messages long distances, however, that person doesn't know the target of mm-hmm. uh, the, the would-be spell, so mm-hmm. not, unless you see something that I don't, not, mm-hmm. not, not that I can think of. Okay, then I would at least try to scry once my charges back up on... Um, is it Nivali? Nizal. Nizal. Thank you. Nizal. Okay, so we'll we'll um, hold that thought for tomorrow. Okay. And what happens? I don't know how your magic post office works, but you need to send a note to Mo. Mm-hmm. Tell 
have Mo tell Apprentice Zircon and Delegate Fan mm-hmm. that they should start in Freedom Library. Okay. As you reach for the pouch. Oh, you've got mail. You've got mail. Peacekeeper Lightfall. I am reaching out to you to follow up on my query about possible leads on the location of Peacekeeper Theatria. Apprentice Zircon and Delicate Fan are in the city now and have been searching, begun searching the libraries. Any information you have that could narrow the scope of their search would be most helpful and would hopefully accelerate their progress before any harm comes to her. I also received an urgent missive from Gunny. He's planning to return to Sharnholm to incite a rebellion in hopes of hindering Greyheart Industries and their schemes. Gunny has information that Greyheart has a vast complex of underground facilities that are dubiously purposed. We aren't exactly sure what's going on in there, but whatever it is might be the link we've been looking for. Gunny knows the city well and knows how to blend in, but he lacks any information about Saltpeter Stacks as he and his men didn't patrol that district. He's looking for an insider with firsthand knowledge of the dark streets and underbelly of the city, and your new friend came to mind. Naveen, was it? He could be the only person with the knowledge we need to take down Greyheart and expose what they do in the shadows. Up to this point, we haven't been able to pin any involvement with the Empire on Leon, but with Naveen's help, that could change. When the people learn of Leon's treachery, of his support for a foreign colonist tyrant, that will surely destabilize his regime. There is a ship bound for the Voltaki Isles that leaves tomorrow. If Naveen can pay his fare, Delegate Fawn, Delegate, Delegate Fawn, We'll meet him in Whiteshore Harbor with money and provisions and can lead him to Gunny's safe house on one of the smaller islands where other rebels gather now. These are dark times, Juniper. I can feel the reverberations of great and terrible things to come in the River of Noi. Be steadfast, but show compassion to those who need it, including yourself. Compassion is the light that illuminates our path when all other light has failed. Without it, we are surely lost. I hold you in my heart as a flower stretch uh, as a flower of the stretch holds a drop of morning dew you are cherished juniper remember that and trust annoy do the work mo um a couple of things in the letter that i send <laughs> so many things push it down push it down <laughs> i'm feeling uh, so i'll send a letter. The response. That, <laughs> that, um, that gives her direction on where to start. Okay. And Perfect. as like a postscript, I would say, I would ask her, did you know who I was or who I am? Okay. Right. Can did I you see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You're going to lead a rebellion. <laughs> Are you reading this out loud? Yes, I would have read it out loud for sure. Okay. Do you read the whole thing out loud? Mm-hmm. Okay. You do. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Right. I would know. I would have Just stopped reading clear. the very last part where she was like, "You are cherished." Like that. I would. Like, oh, okay. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> this blah, is from. Do the work. Respe- okay. yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> yes. no. yeah. I must say, I've not wanted to return home. Hasn't it's felt more like Sean? Sean. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> For so long. Um, 
Can I pay the fare? You know, they say, more money, more problems, but he jingles his purse. I can pay the fare. (laughs) (laughs) I've got lots of problems. (laughs) Many problems. (laughs) My goodness. How extraordinary that would be to return home, assist in in any part of the journey that helps to expose Greyheart Industries. I've heard they weren't very kind to you. They beat the fuck out of you, didn't they? This guy. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Messed up his face. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's uh, nice. Our journey is in Matthew. Matthew's uh, smashed into a table. It There's still uh, twice. So actually, uh, just so you guys like get a sense of time that has passed. How much time? Yeah. 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 You have been in this room for four days. You have you have spent together um, collectively <laughs> three days. Uh, one cycle, um, which is uh, 35 days, and <coughs> timeline. So and uh, 11 days. So uh, two weeks ago we left our home, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Somewhere in in that it's range. Been two months. Um, Tubalo has never fully like there is you know the yellow that um, that forms after a bruise. Yeah. It's still there. What? It's still on your face. You you carry with you. Okay. The. Uh, I did explain. I always thought it was because I, I, I when I met knife. everyone, I cried in front of them all. Yeah. Wow. And said how um, he smashed my face. Which was very uncomfortable for Juniper to watch a man cry like that. Even looking rough. Was I a man or was I a boy? It's hard to tell. I seemed very boyish. was your first D and D session, and the DM rolled so high against him. I mean, twice. I can kill his character in the first session. Wow. Just by slaving me two or three into the, the, the desk. I think it was my fault was, too that you like. The knife. I was there. In di- I was there in diplomacy. You know. It, you know. I was not ready for it. Like asking me to make some sex joke right off the top. <laughs> I was not, not ready for it. Um, but Veen would pull out Razor Tooth, which is the main dagger. Well, he has over here that he used before he got White Claw, and say, "This didn't always belong to me." He spins it. This used to be Nick the Knife. One of my days, I snuck into his office and stole it. <laughs> so he's got one of Nick's knives. This was one of the daggers that he had. Um, just one of the ones on his on his wall. Oh my god! Weren't they weren't they all knife and in most like of them? Yeah, the, many yeah. knives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a lot of time in there, but it's just one of my adventures in the stacks. And Nick never forgets. By the way, just for the future. Right. <laughs> but he's extremely sneaky. <laughs> How poetic would it be if you returned and you were a linchpin in allowing, in creating a new Sharn? I like all the words you're saying. Poetic linchpin Sharn. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's something to, to consider. I thought my journey was just beginning by leaving that place. Didn't see it going this way to return so quickly, but my goodness. Well, a ship bound back east tomorrow. Hmm. You trust this delicate fawn? Yes. With your life? Yes. 
I haven't trusted just to do up to this point, well, what am I doing? So, do you know of the tunnels that she speaks about? I know these areas well. I've spent my entire life there. Um, I'm, I'm sure if I went back, I'd be able to to help. Of, of course, I snuck around there most weekends. I sneak my place myself into the nastiest of places only to uh, escape or charm my way out of them. And he sh- shows like some of his scars that he, you know, has on his arms. Like, you know, I'm, uh, I, I can uncannily dodge most things. Just <laughs> <laughs> usually able to get away. It's very That's hard to hit a rogue. It's uncanny. <laughs> sometimes gets land under the feet. Sometimes they do. Cow. Kind of leans down. <laughs> um. I, I will go. Yes, I. I don't remember very much about. Specifically, those who I think might be involved in exactly what she said. I do recall at one time in one of these nasty bars in the in the salt stacks, saltpeter stacks. Um, there was a a man I saw behind the bar with the, the insignia of the Empire, which I am recalling just now, having seen and talking about the Empire with all of you. Um, I don't recall him very very well, but he was speaking to another man. His face was shadowed, but this man, I would, I would never forget, didn't think of, of much significance till now, but he did have the look of one who would be working for Greyheart, Greyheart Industries. His cap was bright red, blood red, actually. Gun across his chest, as many of them have, and blood red boots. Never forget his boots. I see like a cat, very sharp. Playing cards stitched across the top of them. They are incredible. I was very jealous of these. I must give myself some boots like that one day. <laughs> All I can say is, to all of you, if you ever come across this man again, beware. He had the look of one who was not to be trifled with. But again, face shadowed. Didn't get a good look at him. Anyway, if, if I can be of help back there, it seems as though there might be a a role for me, and if there, it seems I've been able to fill one here, at least intermittently, but this seems like <laughs> going back home, oh boy, I could not wait to get to the end of this, and let's see, Pops, can you see me now? <laughs> <laughs> and many of these other, uh, you know, nasty people in China, but, <sighs> would you miss me? A <laughs> damn question. So when I made my way to Sharn, uh, just Sharn, uh, no, just Sharn, <laughs> no hope of mind. No, never mind. Okay. Wait, no. Question. <laughs> um, it was faster to go through land than it was to go around by sea. Coming from well, so because I came by land. You took uh, you took the Green Lakes ferry. From um, Fair Meadow yeah. down to, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the Delta, mm-hmm. and then there's a road from there. So um, if you look at the world map, notes, but you came uh, down this river and uh, then traveled by land to Charmholm. Right. Because it's way faster than, if I wanted to go back home, I would go that way again. I wouldn't take a boat all the way around the whole 
isthmus of whatever down there. You would the most expedient way for you to go home would be through Charnel. Is that what you're? Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you leaving too? No, um, but uh, as, uh, you may have um, uh, a new pull um, on your uh, house strings or your uh, passenger journey. Um, I have a need. Um, uh, Elena, I may have a need to go back to uh, hometown and. The fastest route is through Shanholm, so we would we would be by um, your way again. So this is not the end of our meeting. It is a farewell, not goodbye. And you're always just a third level spell slot away. <laughs> <laughs> My man, indeed. Well, I I uh, I packed light. It's his backpack. It's all he's got. Um, well, what? What back home? What what do you speak of back home? What is what is in in the cards for you, as they say? Um, it is um, what I had mentioned: um, a vision or recollection of uh, the night that my wife was murdered. Um, I recalled it more clearly uh, recently than I had before. Or I had forgotten. Um, men. Uh, at the end of this whole night, uh, talking about um, they they don't know what they have here, um, mm. as the power that lies um, uh, below. Um, it made uh, me think uh, that there was a fragment that they were after there at some point. My God, the start. You think it's in that cave you spoke of earlier? In my vision, I had seen. A chamber with statues of the ten, similar to ones that we've been in before, seemingly or supposedly back home, but one that I'd never been in before back home. Not that we have illusions that there are fragments there now, but uh, there may have been, and we can learn something of what, uh, what was there before at least. So you believe there's a fragment? back in your hometown. Well, at least there was. We may just find some... Uh, hmm. it's, uh, it's tomb, uh, as we have found the others. And we may learn uh, the god uh, whose fragments this is in uh, reverence to, and uh, learn more about what we are facing. Because the Empire was, was there. The Empire was there. Mm-hmm. Whether they have found it or not, it remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, we have to go through Sean Holm. Mm-hmm. I won't be far from there. But you don't feel the need to go back there soon. Um, because we are not sure if the fragment was uh, found and taken. Uh, right. I don't feel the, the pull as much as it is to be on the heels of Fritz. Mm-hmm. But I'll be close by. I can sneak my way over there, take a gander after helping take down Greyheart Industries, perhaps. Let's see. Sounds I have you. nine lives, as they say. <laughs> a great use of our resources. <laughs> I'd be happy to have you uh, scout ahead for us. Well, I have nine lives, but 46 hit points. So. <laughs> D&D jokes. <clears throat> They're the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Will you braid my hair before you leave? Oh my god. Before she finishes her sentence, I'm already braiding her hair. Yeah. (laughs) And as you were saying, uh, you had packed light. Um, I would set a feather on top of your suitcase. Mm. Speaking of light, um, what color is it? Oh gosh. Uh, Whatever you would like the color to be. I would like it to be blue, but like more like a turquoise blue. It's blue, mm-hmm. but more like a turquoise blue. <laughs> I, I take it, and I, I pull off one of my bright blue feathers, or like a bright royal blue, um, and I say, I'm going to replace this. Will you give this to Zephyrus? Well, of course, I will hold on to this. And tell her, I said, I lean down close and just say, Meow. <laughs> She'll know what it means. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot uh, baked into that meow. I will try to convey the same message. <laughs> Tone. <laughs> Pronunciation. Meow. Um, would you give me the letter? Juniper would walk over to Naveen and just kind of like... Mm, like pat him on the back. <laughs> And like trying to find <laughs> words that like she could think of, she she would say, "You are cherished. <laughs> Do the work." <laughs> like, <laughs> <just reciting those words. laughs> yeah, just like, this made me feel good. Maybe it will make you feel good too. <laughs> um, I would. Pat her on the back and look to the rest of the group and say, "I'll oh, take it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I wouldn't that. give you this, but I would write down the the parts the of it that are important for you cool. to take with you. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, after you finish braiding my hair, I would uh, take one of my mini staffs and expel a flower. And also the hat of vermin and expel a rat and tie the flower onto the rat and hand it to you. Nick <laughs> This because is Because of the Yes, it's a stereotype. Cat and mouse. <laughs> For your troubles. <laughs> Thank you. And I give her a, a big hug and kind of bear her head on my vest, look to the rest of the group. <laughs> but, I, but I take it and put it in my bag and I let you know I'm very thankful do I need a roll deception <laughs> if you want to yeah I do like to imagine that as we fast forward you know a, yeah. a week in advance uh, Naveen's on a ship and he's feeling very bored and he's like <laughs> he's got the rat, the rat uh, mouse. He's like, and starts t- chasing it around them. <laughs> 100% dude my first roll it's a fucking crit. I mean, I take the rat. She believes me. You love I even like, yeah, I stick it down in my ass somewhere. <laughs> that display nice. of affection. That was like yeah. third base for Juniper. I mean, was- <laughs> you know, I've been talking to her about how to relate to people, um, how to talk and communicate, and I feel like it's paying off. You've been uh, using all of the years of experience you have That's right. uh, with emotion and That's uh, right. personal experience. Yes. It's, um, so kind of due to um, I mean, your wisdom. Yeah. Uh, speaking, really of, speaking of back home, for you, is there, is there anything else about home? Your, your journeys in general? You... I'll just share. For myself, I, um, I have left uh, the past behind me in the past, and uh, I have not felt uh, the support to go back. Um, probably just because of uh, 
It's a painful memory. Is it the sides of that place? I have probably been uh, avoiding it uh, at all possible. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, a great desire for me to go say, oh, I'll be honest. Hmm. do you have um, a desire to go back home to where we are from? The only way that, sh- that, that that has felt like home to me is in how I connected with the land and the animals and whatnot, but people-wise, other than Tupelo and Sarah, I never felt like I was cared for or loved there. And so, I don't have a super strong urge to go back. I left wanting an adventure, wanting to be with my friend and protect him. And Tupelo needed protection. He still does. He did. Uh, I don't have a strong urge to go back other than maybe there are stones left unturned. In regards to the the vision that I recently had. But you feel loved and cared for. Here. Here. Yes. You all let me be me. You don't tell me to take a shower. I don't want to be told to take a shower. I didn't know you ever did shower. You like when I talk to plants. We do. When we do. do. I was forced to take care of animals and talk to plants, and I like doing that, but when it's, you know, when I'm, like, put into labor in order to do it, to provide for my family, it just doesn't feel like a spark there. I don't forget, um, you turn into amazing animals as well. Mm. And they eat things. Yes. I thought they were joking the first time they said you were a shark. Hold on, she's been a lizard, a giant lizard. A spider. Mm -hmm. Isn't she a crocodile? Bogodile. Bogodile. Um, I'm going to miss you, uh, Ramey. I'll be Uh, fine. Um, I've really appreciated how you seem to take an interest in my magic. I do. Stuff, so gonna reach in and pull out this book. It's kind of an intro to magic, sort of. It's, uh, I may have mentioned it before, it's called How to Charm Friends and Cast Suggestion on People. <laughs> <laughs> Not even kidding, How to Charm Friends and Influence People. It's on my list of, of like, books from this world that Naveen would have read. How to Win Friends and um, Yes. Thank you. This is incredible. I think you might like it. And if yes. I may, I, I'm gonna, like, just shorthand some cantrips oh. like in the back. Love it. Um, yeah. just, just cross out not Lisa's. Is this dog <laughs> Not Lisa's <laughs> Is this dog-eared as well? Uh, this one, this one is, it's got some dog-ears in some okay. places. Um, and nice. it, it worked, it, it helped out. I think you might, I think you'll like this one. I think I will. And I, I hope it does you, hope I'm it pays off. Reading the cantrips, it seems just two cantrips in a I feel like after I after I go to sleep next I might I might understand these things. <laughs> might as well. I see hope so. I hope we'll, so. We'll, we'll see. I suppose we'll see. I, my handwriting is 
not great, but I'll I, I'll take extra care there. Thank you. I feel um, yeah. magically initiated. Hope by you love you. it. So thank, Hope you love thank it. You. Might guess the feet that's Naveen might is going to take it away. Um, <clears throat> um, go ahead. Uh, this is this is so kind of you. I, I can never say thank you enough. But I do hope that uh, it's, uh, it seems as though you're going to be off on a, a ship soon. But I hope you are reconnected with your father soon. It seems as though you're more excited than I am to see your husband. Oh, I can't wait to go back home. But mm. you know. Timing is of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of my favorite jokes, uh, Naveen. Hit me. Um, <laughs> what's the most important part of the joke? Timing. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, I feel that way. I feel that way about life's many adventures. In my years of experience, right, right. one thing I have um, observed. Should try that on Twilight, but she'd is, love it. Um, <laughs> Eyes breaking out in sweat. Um, <laughs> anyway, when the time is right, right. we will find ourselves there. Mm, mm, mm. But until then, upward and onward. That's right. Your father must be very proud of you. I'm proud of him too. Mm. You're glad you left school. We're the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> And the cat's in the cradle and the <laughs> <laughs> So preparations are made, and a uh, meeting is called with Olmug. Um, <clears throat> for the sake of expediency, anybody that wants to may roll a persuasion check at advantage um, as you bring a laundry list of requests to Olmug. <sighs> Um, he he uh, he does respond to your message okay. um, that he won't be able to to be there until this evening. He's in Senate hearings during the day, mm-hmm. okay. um, but he does eventually show up at your doorstep. You have a conversation. Eighteen plus three twenty-one for me. Awesome! <laughs> awesome! You were rolling just for fun. Just to see how much you could discount it. <laughs> I rolled a one and a two. Yes! Oh my god! And those are minus. His persuasion <laughs> minus. Uh, his persuasion is a zero. It is a zero now okay. with that lucky stone. Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, you uh, you have a conversation with Olmug. He's delighted to see Grayswing, um, and that she, she's alive. He's gone, um, you know, a day believing that uh, his friend was killed. So they, there is a reunion that's had and. Um, she she describes in great deal t- detail the urgency of what's happening. You 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 share with him why you're needing this this money and why it has to be kept secret. He agrees with your twenty one persuasion to do what he can to um, both throw uh, throw Nizal and his cohort off of your trail. Hopefully, trickling up to um, management that that might throw a wrench in um, those that already have a head start on on you. Uh, simultaneously, agreeing to fund your expedition wow. to get an airship to the Asher Spires. Um, he does say this comes at great personal cost to me. If there is anything that you discover, 
I should like to know. Respectfully, Senator, it comes at great personal cost to all of us, and we will certainly not hesitate to let you know anything that we find. That is not lost on me. You have a difficult path ahead of you. Are you sure that this is worth your lives if it comes to it? Yes. We have already given one life. Why would we stop now? <laughs> um, the weight of that of those words hang in the air, and um, and you hear just somewhere out in the distance the toot, the toot. <laughs> just yeah. low, slow. It could just be the wind. <laughs> the wind in the willows, maybe. It's hard to say. <laughs> of, of the blowing jug. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the evening comes as preparation is made. Uh, for fun over the next few months if you want to continue to scheme through email or messages mm. by all means please uh, I would love to see where that carries and like what the details of your whisper campaign become um, so yes. we'll leave that as something to be resolved but the seed is planted and the work has begun <clears throat> So, we find ourselves in the villa of the sea and sky. Uh, The night has come. Um, Before you go to bed, there's all of this work that's being done. You know, Tupelo finds himself running from room to room providing necessary nourishment um, as he whips up a storm in the kitchen, I assume Absolutely. you you ask the uh, you ask for complete privacy. You oh, yeah. put you hang the door hanger on the outside of Absolutely. your villa. Absolutely, please do not disturb. Please do not disturb. Um, and avail yourself of all the uh, the fine oh, yeah. accoutrement of this kitchen yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. to make meals for for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you are forging documents. Others um, coming up with uh, a plan. Um, to of of who the captain for the ship is going to be. You work with Grey Wen. She's worked with these particular people. You're putting all of the pieces pieces in place. And during that process, there's a a natural lull in the conversation. And the the gravity and the weight of what you're doing and what what you're proposing, what you're imagining, you haven't even necessarily said it out loud, but fusion, recreating the threads. This this hangs heavy on Gregwin and, and finally she asks if you were to invent perfection in our life, if you were to create a, a society, what would be great about it? And she kind of looks to each of you in turn. says that um, from someone who um, uh, had uh, guests and uh, parties and um, did some uh, planning for events um, 
So now it was always said, uh, never plan for perfection. We will be sorely disappointed. Um, I don't know if I could uh, envision perfection, but um, uh, I can think of some pretty good things uh, that I would like to see uh, with some pretty good people in place. Um, I feel like uh, it's a folly of uh, the peoples that came before us. Um, they were too focused uh, on perfection and uh, trusting people who uh, supposedly knew the right way. I would hope that we would not uh, make that same mistake. at a place where everybody feels like they are allowed to be who they are wherever they are and that's pretty much it that's something I've never experienced until meeting this group I've spent my life shut up in this grey city now I see the things I read in the books, they're more than myths, more than stories, they're, they're real. I <laughs> never have thought it's possible to sail across the sea, cut off the head of a dragon, God, a sea serpent, Jesus. So Who's I, that? Who? <laughs> Someone, this is a very old book in the library <laughs> the pond of knowledge where I grew up and I was meant, meant to work for many hours <clears throat> so I, I don't know I, I've just recently seen what is possible beyond my corner of the world and now I have nothing but curiosity for what else could be out there I long to see what it is but I, I do echo the sentiment of Ember that Wherever it is, must be a place more like your free cities and less like Shona. I think access as well, to add on to feeling like you can be whoever you are, no matter where you are. The somewhat free ability to, to experience other places and people beyond just where you grew up or where you're from. Like... The fact that it's such an expense to visit other lands. I would want that to be more readily available to others. Spent a lot of time keeping secrets in my life. And I think from where I'm sitting now on this very comfortable couch that I would be fine never to leave because I've also spent a lot of time sleeping on floors in my life that keeping secrets keeps us far apart and that in this perfect or close to perfect or closer to perfect world that information would be shared freely and there wouldn't be people who held the truth away from others. The secrets wouldn't be kept from each other. Ellery rushes over with a bowl of oatmeal and says, 
Now it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Does this have honey from two of those bees? Always. Yeah. Always. 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 She just starts. <laughs> In the levity of that moment, things get back to the busy, and you you continue your plans. But lingering in the back of your mind is Gwyn's question: What world would you create if you could create any world? What what would that look like? What would be better about it? And it lingers there because you know that should your unspoken plan come to fruition, you, like, like the Eltorians, you, like the Council at Nar, you, like the Conclave at Eltor, may have some part in shaping what comes next. And so with that, you continue your preparations, and the day passes, the night gets darker, and eventually you all find your way, one at a time, to a place of rest. As I settle into my, to, to the room, um, I w- one thing I noticed in the villas, there's, you know, like a bookshelf that has just like travelers leave books or whatever and so before I go to sleep I'm gonna pull out some paper and kind of fold it into like a tiny little like you know just like a tiny little zine or like a little novella and uh you know pull out my magic phoenix feather and start writing this story of of a boy who's walking through the woods and uh then he starts to float um, and looks around and realizes that he's floating in the air but still able to breathe and continues to float and float and then realizes that he's in water um, and has thought that he's been comfortable in this place his entire life and then finally it dawns on him that he's not in the air, he's in water, and he looks up at what he thinks is the top of the sky, and there are people walking on the surface above him, and there's a turtle walking on the surface above him, and it's a story about as soon as you think that you're comfortable in your own skin, the water that you're swimming in or the air you're breathing suddenly changes on you. Um, And then... That's half of the book. Then there's a very short story about a girl and her brother who spend time exploring the woods and um, creating adventures for each other. A story of a, a little girl who discovers that mushrooms grow on her arms and people make fun of her for it. Um, but she realizes it's a superpower. Story of... Uh, of somebody who can look like anything they want to but never gets to look like themselves. Um, and the story of uh, the most loyal uh, man that has ever lived, a hero who is carried around by these magical bees from town to town saving people's lives. And okay, Now it's a good chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Closes the book and just writes on the front... The Untethered Boy and Other Stories of the Cosmos by Yoden Songhart. 
tucks it into the bookshelf. Goes to sleep. So, tonight, you dream lucidly in vivid colors. The vision's as real as the waking world. Perhaps tomorrow when you gather with your friends, you'll remark to one another about this dream and it will dawn on you that you each dreamed the same dream, that perhaps it wasn't a dream at all. But tonight you rest easy in the fantasy world that you inhabit as you find uh, well-needed rest. It begins with a familiar motherly voice. The pieces are placed and the stakes are set. What happens next may very well decide the fate of the Dawnlands and all who inhabit it. We zoom out, leaving the weavers and the city of Freeport behind. Your consciousness glides across land and water at a dizzying pace. Somehow you know you're heading east. We arrive at the Isles of Trent, your awareness pulling you down toward a forest on one of the larger islands. Now you see what must have been a once lush and verdant forest, now reduced to the muddy pit of a massive strip mine. Native laborers swarm the mine like ants. Their overlords, who wear attire of the empire, bark orders down at them from elevated platforms. We zoom in closer and see one of the workers' eyes go wide as they extract a large, glowing blue crystal from the earth. He carries it to the nearest captain who inspects it. The captain hands the man a ration ticket without looking at him and carries the stone into a large tent where he sets it among the several others that have been unearthed. He makes a note in a ledger as the relentless sound of swinging pickaxes carry on outside. Again, you're torn away from this place. This time pulled west, across vast ocean, arriving at a black rock that juts out of a tumultuous sea. Topped with a formidable fortress, the infamous prison known as Rugtod. Light spills from the fewest of small barred windows. We're drawn in through one into the interior of the building, where an emaciated gnome is chained to the wall of a disgusting cell. No hope left in his sunken eyes. The door of the cell is thrown open. And a guard enters. The Emperor requires your services once more, Davum. You see fear flash over the gnome's face before we are jettisoned out of this place once again. Soaring east over islands and ocean, we find ourselves in the dark streets of the Saltpeter Stacks. Pulled in through a warehouse window, we descend through a hidden trap door down flights and flights of stairs 
to an organized underground network of tunnels that twist and branch in every direction. We enter a room on the other side of a locked door, where an old woman works tirelessly, mixing concoctions and brewing formulas, referencing notes that are scattered around her messy workbench. It's only as we draw closer that we see the shackles binding her ankles to a rail that runs the length of the room. No, it's all her face is tired and weary, but it's a face that Ellery could not forget. No! I knew it the second you said potion. Uh-huh. What? Crossing the turbulent sea over lands in a flash, we arrive in the small mountain city of Tarn, near the eastern border of Phelan. Happy carnival-goers, families, and children gather under the dancing colorful lights that stretch out over a promenade filled with games and food and drink, all in front of an impressive, familiar black uh, big top. An enchanted sign above the entrance proclaims the Songheart Theater. The laughter and merriment turns to chaos in an instant as an enormous fireball rockets down from the sky, erupting into a wall of flame in the middle of the promenade. A salvo of raining fire follows the first projectile, crashing into the middle and all around the carnival. (coughs) Screaming can be heard everywhere. The entire city in which the carnival stands is ablaze. The Minotaur Jirik steps to the middle of the mayhem, weaving a net of protective thorns and creating a tunnel to the entrance of the Big Top. To the Big Top! You'll be safe there! People scatter towards the tent as a meteor bounces off some sort of protective dome that protects and surrounds the giant tent. Brax the Bold strains to lift a cart that's overturned and pinning down a family, heaving it, heaving the impossible weight so that they can wriggle free from underneath it. Sebastian, soot on his face, hands a crying child to Quadina, who dashes in and out of the flames towards the big big top with the grace of a dancer. The red-suited ringleader turns and runs back towards a smaller tent, consumed now by flames, rushing towards the screaming. (laughs) A fireball erupts right next to him, exploding in a torrent of fire, and you see him no more. No. We sail through the night sky across the sea once more until the candlelight of a tiny shack on the small Voltaki Isle. That's our last vignette. The candlelight of a tiny shack on a small Voltaki Isle pulls us in to a room where an old sheriff sits at a desk, scouring stolen manifest logs and ledgers of Greyheart Industries. A light breeze enters the room through the open window, blowing out one of the candles that he's using to read. He reaches for his matches, but his hands are shaking, and he spills them across the floor, cursing with frustration. He takes a deep breath and holds out his hand, closing his eyes in concentration. A moment passes, then the smallest of flames issues out of the fingertips of his outstretched hand. I knew it. He opens his eyes, and a look of fear, quickly replaced by resolve, flashes 
across the old grizzled face. Over the ocean and land we fly now to the meadow of Algonth's stretch, where we stop briefly to spend a tender moment with a wandering Kenku, who kneels at a small, weather-worn grave, tears flowing from her large black eyes, rolling off feather and beak. We leave this moment of grief, sensing the despair of a creature bestowed with the gift of giving dead new life but by some sick twist of fate unable to use it on the only one she'd ever care to. We're pulled further and further north, rising into the sky, covering hundreds of miles in the blink of an eye. As the meadows give way to mountains, where a monastery stands high above the clouds. We pause there for a moment before descending through a blur of white and gray to the surface below where the rhythmic clunking of boots shake the ground. A legion of soldiers march toward Heiwa, their banners flapping in the wind, banners bearing a lion in profile. Once more, we take flight, this time to the south, arriving at the pristine streets of the soaring city, so named for the grand cliffs that fall off into the ocean on which it sits. The city juts out of the earth like a grand monolith. Pristine white marbled streets lined with columns are perfectly designed and engineered. The city radiates outwards from its tallest point, in the exact center where the emperor's white palace sits. We enter through the grand gates passing through pristinely landscaped courtyards and galleries whose walls are adorned with art and relics until we finally arrive in the Great Hall. A man stands in the cavernous room, kneeling before a throne that's enveloped in swirling darkness, the only feature of this cavernous room that's not stark white. A figure sits on the throne, formless to your eyes, cast in shadow. Your Majesty, we've received word from General Fitz. He has high confidence in the location of another one in Terrath. He travels there now. A word also from Trent, Your Grace. Another man now speaks, this one kneeling as well. Your contingencies bear fruit. One way or another... Your apotheosis will soon be at... (laughs) The figure that was speaking begins to rise into the air, grasping at his throat as if some invisible force is choking the life out of him. The shadows swirl and twist until the man in silvery white, high-collared robes with a round, bald head steps from the shadows. (sighs) His black eyes, which seem... Too large for his face, fixed on the suspending, suspended counselor. My apotheosis. Do you mean to insinuate that there is a level of deification I have yet to achieve? That I am some mere mortal who feigns godhood out of arrogance and... <laughs> A door slams open, and another man rushes into the court, dressed in decorative armor. 
Seeing the scene before him, he quickly averts his eyes, staring at the floor. There's a soft cracking sound, and the dangling counselor falls lifelessly to the floor with a dull thud, landing in a crumpled heap. My my apologies, uh, my lord, uh, my grace, uh, but there's news from the Western Front. Dawn has fallen. Our troops march into Phelan to claim what's left of the city. And our legions to the north? All reports indicate they march on schedule, my liege. A subtle smile tugs at the corner of the bald head's mouth before he recedes into the shadow of his throne once more. It has begun. We take flight once more, this time lifting off and pulling straight up towards the sky. As you watch the features of the soaring city, then the western continent, then the whole of the Donlands recede in a flash. You're floating, suspended amongst the stars, surrounded by the cosmos. A sphere of blue and green hangs in the empty space before you. You will have an important part to play in the events to come. Do not lose hope, for you may ask, what can I do in the face of great destruction? I am but one small drop in an infinite ocean, but I tell you, you are the entire ocean in one drop. For just like the great journeys of the steading, hope grows unwaveringly from the smallest of seeds until the earth itself is reshaped and remade into an unassailable fortress, a forest, when the conditions are just right. And while you may feel alone, know that even now other seeds take root, though they may not know their role in their story yet. Still, there are others who may prove their worth and come to the aid of all my children when their need is most dire. We're thrust forward, descending down, free-falling through the atmosphere towards the chain of islands known as Fair Isle. Closer still, we hone in on the atoll furthest to the north, the island of Loggerhead, and closer still, entering an impressive manor set atop a hill that overlooks the ocean. The mother spoke to me. It's a lot to process here. That was amazing. (laughs) Dr. Dorji Darkcheek sits at his desk, worry creasing his brow. He sighs as the heavy weight of despair that goes by his daughter's name settles on his shoulders. His head falls into his hands and he releases a soft sob. Sitting alone in the dark, his face illuminated by the moonlight streaming in through the window and the candle on his desk, he tries to come to terms with the truth that he has avoided for years. 
He'd been so sure that things would work themselves out, that Gemma, his daughter, would change, that she would repent, that she would see the folly in the path she's taken before things got out of hand, before it was too late. She hadn't. And he is realizing now that she won't. Tears stream down his cheeks as the pain of his reality washes over him and the tired old gnome howls in pain. Dr. Darkcheek, distinguished professor at the College of Geometry and Fractals and Symmetry, recipient of the Glimmering Feather, two crystal flames, and a dozen other coveted awards most scholars would never be nominated for, let alone receive. Dr. Darkcheek wipes the tears from his face. He seals the letter. For someone so gifted with a quill, it is notably short. It says, Your names come to me with great renown, and I entreat your assistance in aiding me out of this most dreadful plight. Your help would be of immense value to me and to all of Fair Isle. Please, come at once. You zoom out quickly and right back in because not far away, a young female gnome stands on a dock, peering at the small vessel easing into a slip. The air is filled with the scent of salt air and the gentle lapping of the waves against the pilings. A tall, cloaked half-elf to her right steps forward to catch the rope the lone sailor aboard the ship tosses his way. She doesn't wait, hops aboard, walks straight to the stern, and thumps the air, sparks emerging from her fingernails, an illusion of crates overflowing with fish is dispelled, and four barrels appear in their place. She inspects each one carefully. And after some time, the tall half-elf approaches her and waits, as he does, the metallic, sulfurous hint of gunpowder dances through the salty air into his nostrils. How does it look, Gemma? He says. She stands and turns to him and says, Greyheart was good for his word. Let's show the vultures running this island that we're good for ours. And that's where we'll pick it up. Oh my gosh.